hello and welcome to another episode of the Matthew Talks About Sport podcast. I'm Matthew and joined with me uh, for this episode is Daniel again. Welcome. Thank you. And we're going to be talking about a bit of an update with some of the F1 that's gone on, the supercars, as well as discuss the T20 World Cup group stage. So we'll start with the F1. There's been a few races uh, since since we last spoke about it, the first one, of course, being Turkey. Uh, why don't you tell us a bit about what happened there, Daniel? Um, yeah, so Turkey on uh, Sunday, it was actually quite a wet race. Um, Lewis Hamilton uh, on Saturday, it was um, put out that he will be taking a grid place penalty. Um, so he started in 11, around 11th. Um, but Valtteri Bottas, who was his teammate, managed to um, get pole. Um, and then Bottas just led the whole race and managed to win, um, win, which was uh, quite nice because he is moving to Alfa Romeo, which will probably – he won't probably get many more race wins at that team. Um, so it's quite a nice way to – and it's also what um, Mercedes would have wanted – to limit the damage Verstappen did to the championship. Um, so Verstappen came second um, and Sergio Perez got third. And in the past three races, which was Turkey, America, and just recently Mexico, uh, Sergio Perez has um, been third in all of those races. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned uh, America and Mexico. They were both very good races for Red Bull. Uh, why don't you tell us a bit about those weekends too? Um, yeah, so America, uh, Verstappen managed to um, get first on for pole. Um, he also managed to win. Um, it was just very interesting for me because in most of the races that I've seen when Verstappen and Hamilton were on the front row, Verstappen has always pointed his car a bit towards Hamilton, which is legal. Um, but in America, he didn't do that. And uh, the Mercedes of Hamilton actually managed to lead for the first few laps. Um, but then um, Verstappen managed to pass him. Um, and then it went to the final lap where Hamilton had been catching him bit by bit. And then the final lap, uh, a backmarker, which was Mick Schumacher, managed to um, give Verstappen DRS, which um, enabled him to stay ahead of um, Hamilton, which was really close. It was very nice to watch. Um, and Sergio Perez got third. Yeah. And then um, so that put Verstappen at that point about 16 points ahead, was he, of, of Hamilton? Um, yeah, it was pretty big. Yeah, and there's now um, there's now four races left. There's been one since. Um, what what happened in Mexico? Of course, it's typically a good um, race for Red Bull and Verstappen, and uh, they really brought it home, didn't they? Um, yeah. So the, there was a bit of a, a mixed feeling on Saturday uh, because it was a front lockout for Mercedes. So Bottas got pole and Hamilton got second. Um, so they looked like they wouldn't have had that dominating thing. But come race day, Verstappen got the slipstream of Bottas, which is um, third. It's on the clean side of the road, which is the racing line. And it's also you get the, the slipstream down the main straight, which was probably the best starting position. So Verstappen led into turn one. 
Um, Bottas was actually tagged and hit from behind by uh, Ricardo, um, and they both had to pit, so they were both down the order for quite a um, for the whole race. Um, but then Verstappen won. He had 12 seconds on Hamilton uh, in the dying stages, and um, Sergio Perez, who was the home favorite, favorite, was chasing down Hamilton the whole in the final um, stint. He just didn't get it, so Hamilton got second. And Perez got third, but the scenes um, with the crowd and the team for Sergio Perez, was, it just reminded me of um, Zambor in the Netherlands for uh, Verstappen, like the celebrations for it. It was really cool. Um, Sergio Perez also broke two records. He's the first driver, the first Mexican driver to ever lead a lap in Mexico. And he's also the first driver to ever get a Mexi- first Mexican driver ever to get a um, podium. In Mexico, yeah, it's always nice when a driver performs, uh, you know, in front of his his home fans. You know, Hamilton at Silverstone each year, uh, he usually performs there um, pretty well. And like you said, Verstappen at Zandvoort. So for someone else to, uh, you know, l- lap it up in front of their home fans is a, a a really special moment. But we now look ahead to the next four races. Uh, Brazil is uh, is next week. That's going to be a very interesting race. Uh, I think some would say, uh, myself included, that Interlagos, the track there, is probably the best track to watch F1 on uh, in the whole calendar. Um, so, and it's it's on at five o'clock, which is a reasonable time. So, if there's one race to watch, uh, that's definitely up there on Ko. But um. Then after that, it's over to the Middle East with Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and of course, Abu Dhabi to finish off uh, the season. So four races to go. And looking at the the standings, there's a few rivalries. And the first most obvious one is Verstappen is uh, 19 points clear of Lewis Hamilton. Uh, How do you see this battle for the championship uh, going in the last four rounds? Um, yeah, so that, as you said, they go to Brazil next. And Brazil, I think, has been a um, stronghold for, like, the Red Bull um, performs better at high-altitude tra- tracks, which Brazil is. Um, so Red Bull may be dominant there. But, like, as you said, there's, like, 19 points in the championship. Um, if Hamilton comes first there and Verstappen comes second, it's a six-point um, difference in the points for first and second. So like he has got quite a big lead. Um, I think Verstappen could potentially hold on and like, I would want to see it because it would be some change. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting uh, one to watch. And of course the double points in Abu Dhabi also plays a factor. Um, So really between the two, there's five races left though. There's still 125 points up for grabs. Um, At most you might get, uh, maybe, a, you know, 40 points made up if you come first and get fastest lap each race. So it's definitely possible that Hamilton could win by 20 if he has a stellar last four rounds. But he's definitely going to be on the back foot to start with uh, for Verstappen. And, you know, it's even possible for uh, Bottas to still win. But uh, no, sorry, it's not anymore. He's two and a half points outside of that range. Um Looking down at the the rest of the the drivers' championship, there's certainly going to be a, a few interesting uh, 
rivalries there. But um, the, the main ones I'm looking at are within teammates. Um, so, you know, Hamilton, um, you know, is beating Bottas comfortably. Same with Verstappen and Perez. Um, but then the, the third and fourth teams, and we'll talk about the constructors rivalry a bit, uh, a bit later, but McLaren and Ferrari, um, there's, there's four really talented drivers there and they're all having uh, good seasons. Do you think out of uh, Norris, Leclerc, Sainz and Ricardo that any one of them uh, could uh, show what they're about in these last four rounds? Um, well, the Ferrari, both Ferrari drivers, they um, performed very quite um, well. They got fifth and sixth in Mexico. Um, they've definitely got a bit better pace in some of the tracks than McLaren. Um, and Leclerc is Ferrari's like golden boy. They focus more on him. That that's their future. Um, it's kind of like a Sebastian Vettel. Um, like they're focusing on Leclerc. Um, I can't remember. I think Norris is fourth. Uh, Norris is getting very good. Um, you saw at Russia, he was leading the race for the whole time and then just um, lost it with the weather. Um, so Norris and Leclerc, they're probably the two standout drivers from those four. Yeah, and certainly Science and Ricardo both a bit older, although it will be interesting for Science as he left McLaren, of course, to go to their, their rivals, Ferrari. Um, of course, you know, championships 15 years ago and now the race for third. And Ricardo, uh, I think you see with a lot of drivers, the McLaren is a hard car to start with and he had a slow start to the year, but he certainly picked it up the last few races, um, which culminated in his win at Monza. Um, but between those two teams, uh, who do you think will come out on top? There's a 13.5 point gap between them right now. Uh, do you think... Uh, either one of them will make it to third, and what impact do you think that will have uh, in the in the coming years? Um, yeah, for me, I think Ferrari will um, manage to get take third. Uh, they've just got more consistency than the McLaren drivers, um, as in where they finish up. Um, and yeah, like with the regulation changes next year, it's going to apply for more drivers to be competitive. Um, so I think Ferrari and McLaren could like take one step up. There might not be a Red Bull and Mercedes level yet, but they'll definitely take one more, uh, another step up and be a bit more faster and maybe be um, challenging the um, Red Bulls and Mercedes um, for, for some, in some races. Um, but yeah, like as the commentators say in F1, the constructors is where the money is paid out. So um, McLaren will want to beat Ferrari, but I just don't think it's going to be this year. Yeah, it's also going to be interesting with the the new regulation changes next year. You know, will Mercedes have another period of dominance? Um, you know, have Red Bull uh, put too much effort into this year's car and kind of sacrifice next year's car? And you know, those two kind of factors could definitely make way for a McLaren or Ferrari. You know, we don't know don't entirely know what's up their sleeve for next year um, or even a team like an Alpine, if they can get some, uh, some, you know, a, a good team behind them, uh, especially behind Ocon after his win in Hungary. Um, if they can provide some performances like that and provide a really good car, they could be up there too. But uh, speaking of Alpine, they're also in a battle uh, at the moment. They're tied on points with Alpha Tauri. 
who's of course Red Bull's junior team. Um, and you know, there's there's a few classic drivers um in in this battle. Uh Gasly and Alonso are, are by far the best too. Alonso being a world champion and Gasly just vying for that Red Bull seat. But uh who who do you think will win the battle between these two teams? Um, yeah, well, uh, there's definitely a difference in the two teams. So Alpha Tauri have Gasly, and Gasly is very consistent, really good with the car. He can just make it work. He's gotten, like, high um, top sixes in quite a few of the races, um, whereas Alpine is more equalised. Like, Alonso and Ocon, they're around the seven and eight mark, so they're very consistent. And then you've got Sonoda in the Alpha Tauri, who is Gasly's teammate, who was a bit, like, hit and miss. Um, but, yeah, I... I'm not sure who it will be because, like, Gasly is top order, but then Sonoda is a bit um, over the place. So it's – and then the Alpines are very consistent. But I think AlphaTauri may get it just because of the Gasly factor. Yeah. Yeah. It's, he's definitely been a good driver, and it'll be interesting to see if he can fight off Perez or even if he'll move because he's, he's not going to say stay at a junior team for too long. Uh, and you'd assume sooner or later he'll either join Verstappen at Red Bull uh, like he did a couple of years ago, but now obviously he's a lot more experienced, or whether he'll jump ship, um, you know, maybe to a different team. Um, but uh, I think we've talked enough about F1 for now. So the next thing is is the, the Supercars Championship, and uh, it's, you know, it's finally back on after a long lockdown. There's been two weekends now. Uh and of course, you went to the the races on Sunday. Um, what are your biggest takeaways from the supercars so far? Um, yeah, so supercars are back. That's really good. Um, I'm enjoying them quite a lot. Um, the biggest thing, so this was two weeks ago, or the first round of the Sydney um, Cup, um, Di Pasquale has gained so much speed with um, the Shell V Power Racing. He dominated the first weekend. He got like all the poles. He won both races or he won. He dominated both of the races. Um, yeah. Like he hasn't found serious pace. People are comparing him to Scott McLaughlin now. Um, and yeah, it's really cool. Uh, the two Red Bull drivers are still up there. Um, Shane Van Gisbergen doing his normal thing. Um, and Wing Cup also managed to win on the Sunday evening um, in the wet race that actually got red flagged, but he, um, he uh, controlled the field for the whole race. He only let, he had first for the whole race. Um, so yeah, it, it's great that they're back. We've got two more weekends uh, at Sydney Motorsport Park until we hit Bathurst and Bathurst being the final race and we'll crown the championship winner. Yeah. It's going to be a great spectacle to watch. Um, you know, to see all those cars, um, you know, whizzing around that track in, you know, spaces that are probably a bit too small for some, you know, the, the big cars. Um, it's definitely been entertaining to watch uh, the, last, the last two weeks. Um, and uh, the, the first main thing is that Van Gisbergen, since he had such a, a huge lead uh, before uh, the the COVID lockdown, uh, he now has a 337 points lead on Wing Cup, which is more than one weekend of racing. Um, you know, that's four races 
difference uh, in the Sydney Cup or, you know, one really good Bathurst. Um, do you think that championship is just a sure thing? They'll just go to Van Gisbergen or do you think someone else can make a challenge? Um, yeah, I, I think um, Gisbergen's got it. Um, but he did say in an interview... Um, the championship isn't won yet and he still wants to win races. So he's going to go for it. Um, but yeah, 300 points. That's huge. I don't think anybody, uh, Wink Cup's the next driver along. Um, and I don't see him getting a eighth championship. Yeah. And uh, the other interesting thing, like you mentioned earlier, De Pascale um, has had an awesome couple of weekends. He currently sits uh, on sixth in the leaderboard. Uh, do you think he can catch uh, Waters and uh, Mostert or even Davison or Winkup and make his way up into the top two or three? Or do you think because uh, he had a poor start that he, he won't be able to rival some of the best drivers? Um, you know, yeah, he, he did have a poor start to the season, but he has found serious pace. He's like gotten pole position like three times. Um, in the past four races. Um, so, yeah, he probably could challenge Waters and the other guys. He might not reach Wing Cup or Davidson, but, yeah, he'll be one to watch at Bathurst and at the remaining um, Sydney's and then next year as well. Yeah, certainly uh, one to watch for the future. Um, he's come out a lot quicker um, the last little while, so they've definitely done a lot of work on the car. Uh, during the lockdown, his team used that uh, well. Uh, but uh, we're going to move on now again to our last topic for today, the the cricket, the T20 World Cup. It's it's happening. It's been good. Uh, the group stage has happened. And uh, in the first group, Group 1, uh, that was Australia's group. We managed to come second. England was top. South Africa just missing out on third. Uh, all teams on the same amount of wins. And then Sri Lanka, West Indies and Bangladesh rounding out the group and making up the numbers. Uh, and then group two, Pakistan won all five games, uh, which probably surprised a few people outside of Pakistan. New Zealand got the second spot. India surprisingly uh, couldn't make it to the semis. Uh, and then Afghanistan uh, played some respectable cricket, but couldn't quite make it. Uh, Namibia, sorry, Namibia uh, played all right, but uh, they're, they're not the best team, uh, obviously. And then Scotland lost all their games. Um, are there any big uh, surprises to you from the group stage so far? Um, yeah, big surprise. Um, Pakistan beating India. Um, that was really surprising. Um like having India, which was one of the world's best cricket teams, um, be beaten by Pakistan. Yeah, yeah, and especially in the manner that it happened. Like, they just destroyed them, chased it down, didn't lose a wicket, had a few overs to spare. It was like they just announced themselves onto the world and just said, we're here to win it. Um, but, of course, we're going to look forward now. There's two semifinals and uh, and a final, and uh, the the... Two semifinals are, of course, Australia's one against Pakistan, who are in good form, and England against uh, New Zealand. Um, I think I personally think uh, uh, Pakistan and England will get up there, um, given Australia's inconsistency 
and uh, Pakistan's form in that game um, and England's form's been good. And I think they'll be too good for New Zealand. But what do you think uh, will happen in those semifinals, Daniel? Um, yeah, well, Pakistan and Australia, that's going to be pretty close. Um, Pakistan will probably um, come out on top. And then England, they're like the best. They've won countless um, T20 World Cups. Um, I don't think New Zealand will um, get over them. Yeah, and uh, do you have, uh, well, before we go to our one team, I think uh, one thing that's also worth pointing out is that just about every combination for this final series will be uh, very uh, interesting. Um, you know, England and Pakistan are the two most informed teams. Um, Pakistan and New Zealand, kind of like the underdogs, they're used to being the younger brother to India and Australia. Um, Australia-England is, of course, the Ashes rivalry, and that starts in a couple of months. And then Australia-New Zealand, the Trans-Tasman rivalry, um, which will, you know, also a classic rivalry in cricket. But uh, is there one team for you that stands above the rest that you think will win the whole comp? Um, probably England. Um, just they've had so much dominance um, in the past few years. Um, they've got a really strong T20 side. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably have to say England too, um, although there'll certainly be a fight put up by Pakistan. Um, and of course, I hope Australia wins. But uh, that brings us to the end of today's episode. So thanks for joining me, Daniel, and talking us through uh, these topics. Thank you. And uh, please keep listening back to the Matthew Talks About Sport podcast. Mm-hmm.